1: 653
0: you're listening to pure opelka
1: this
2: is pure opelka
0: with mike opelka
2: only on the blaze radio network
3: hello friends the pure opelka when you want to pay attention you want to be aware because this is one of those event screenings of a documentary if you want to know more about the subject we're about to get into, just load up on your computer while you're, while you're listening. Load up ikilledjfk.com. ikilledjfk.com. Uh, let me give you just a, a few seconds sample of the trailer for this documentary that's hitting on what would have been JFK's 100th birthday. And I thought I was, but guess whose computer froze? <laughs> oh, I love live radio. Every single time it, it happens. But uh, what what I was going to do was give you a little bit of a taste from the documentary trailer of I Killed JFK. I didn't shoot anybody, sir. I haven't been told what I'm please, here for. Do you-, do you have a lawyer? No, sir, I don't. I'm just a taxi. I'm just a patsy from the the old clips that show Lee Harvey Oswald. And this is from this documentary from a guy that that I have never met, but I thought I had through all my travels through comedy and entertainment. And he's somebody who is all over comedy, which is why this documentary is a mystery to me. His name is Barry Katz. He's an executive producer. A guy that you've seen his work. I guarantee you've seen his work. And he's touched the lives of virtually every major comedic voice of my lifetime and been involved with productions. But when I heard him talking about this movie that's tonight and tonight only, it's one of those event screenings, I tracked him down in Los Angeles yesterday and he agreed to join us. Uh, Mr. Katz, welcome to the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Wow. The last time anybody called me Mr. Katz, it was a judge.
3: Well, you know, we'll, we will be judging you. Just, just <laughs> know that. We will definitely be judging you. You have worked with people that I look up to in comedy, not just because they're funny, but because they're, they're edgy and clever. People like Christopher Titus, who I consider a genius that we never see enough of. Uh, the people George like
2: Carlin of our generation.
3: Is he not? And why don't we see more of him?
2: Well, you know, I think if you uh, not that we're going to talk about this, but if you think about comedians like George, you know, um, early on in their careers, they weren't as well received or they weren't as well uh, worldly known and embraced as they were in their 60s, 70s and 80s.
3: So I have to wait for Christopher Titus to get really old. Is that what you're saying? I think so. Okay, good. Well, I want to talk about the, the event tonight, because thankfully uh, my studio is based in, in Delaware, and there is a screening in my neighborhood at the Great Theater with the reclining chairs. So uh, I've basically blocked off a row here, and a small group of us are going to go see it. Uh, the oh, film, so the much. document... Go ahead. So, oh, you're welcome. Thank the, you. The, the documentary is called uh, I Killed Kennedy... How did you go from all of the laughter that you've been involved with producing to to this? A a really serious turn on was the defining moment of my childhood.
2: Well, I think that, you know, everybody knows actors and people who do comedy and drama. And those are the ones who you look at and you're like, wow. Like when you see Alec Baldwin do Trump on SNL and then go on youtube and just search the i am god speech or the Glen Gary, glenn ross speech coffee is for closers you always know somebody or something that's great when you see them do drama and comedy seamlessly and if from the beginning of time there's the comedy and tragedy and i've always wanted to be involved in dramatic stuff i love drama I probably love drama more than comedy. I'm just in the comedy business, you know. I started off as a stand-up comic, but when you're doing a documentary, and I've done many of them, and the last one I did was with Amy Schumer and Tom Hanks, called "Misery Loves Comedy." You know, it's a different kind of thing. You try to you try to get Tom Hanks and Amy Schumer to do a movie. You got to spend like 60 million dollars. Could you do my documentary? Yeah, you got $6 and a bucket of chicken and a Subway token? Okay, <laughs> come forward. And so and so, what happens is things come to you, and a person came to me, uh, showed me this footage of all these unique and interesting interviews around people who were associated with the JFK assassination, and some were alive and some had been killed and some disappeared mysteriously, and I was fascinated by the stories. And I got the rights and I edited together the documentary. I made a deal with Screen Vision for one night only, which is tonight. You can go to iKillJFK.com to find the theater near you. And I also filmed a panel with five of the remaining living experts on the JFK assassination, which will actually air immediately following the documentary. So it's an amazing thing. It, it, it will really change your life forever when you see these stories.
3: Well, Barry, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hide anything from you. I happen to be very good friends for decades with a guy who wrote a book called Case Closed. His name is Gerald Posner. He's an investigative writer, a journalist who uh, I believe wrote the definitive book in all the books I've seen. You know, when when Oliver Stone calls you out and doesn't like your book, to me that gives you a little bit of credibility. And I I thought Gerald's book was pretty rock solid. But you're saying that when I see this tonight, my world's going to be changed. I'm not going to believe it was Oswald.
2: Absolutely not. And I'm going to I'm going to share with your audience why. Okay, so let's just start off with this. Okay, if you are let's say you or I are assigned with the task or we've decided in our minds that we are going to kill the leader of the free world, the most important people person in the world. Are we going to go and buy and get a gun that's an old rickety gun that has no scope that works properly, that you have to manually load and unload? Or are we going to use one of the latest guns possible, that doesn't have anything like that, and automatically gets us where we want to go with our target. That's the what? first thing I want to share with you. Second, okay.
3: all right. Where, so, he,
2: do you know of any? Do you know of any murder that's been solved in an hour or an hour and a half, where you actually find the person, where there's no physical evidence of any guy? Anybody saying, "Hey, I saw that guy in the window there with the gun." Uh and then they find him in a movie theater an hour and a half later and bring him to the police station. So that's our guy, that's the guy who killed the president. When he it, there's no evidence of that. Thirdly, if I could keep going. Sure, go ahead. Uh the pe- the people who did this and I have over 20 interviews from people. And let me, let me say this about, uh, I, know, I have no dog in this fight. I really don't. I, you know, if you believe Oswald did it, fine. Let's just talk about these things that happened that don't make sense. The people in the mob, it's well documented. They didn't like Kennedy. His father promised Sam Giacana if he helped them win Illinois, they'd leave them alone. He hired his brother Robert Kennedy. They went after the mob. So in this documentary, you're going to find out how there were two shooters who were under Sam Giancana, John Roselli and Chuck Nicoletti, who were scheduled to be two of the shooters that day in Dealey Plaza. And the guy who actually fired the shot that killed Kennedy was a runner for the mob. He was their driver. He was calibrating their weapons. And what happened was the morning, actually the night before, they met Jack Ruby in a diner, and Jack Ruby handed them an envelope, which had the change in the motorcade route. Why don't you do the research in presidencies and see how many times a motorcade route has been changed the day before? Okay, so they give them the documentation. The next morning, he goes to meet the two of them in Dealey Plaza to, to get their everything straight. One of the guys, Johnny Roselli, isn't there. He says to Chuck Nicoletti, where's, where's Johnny? He says the CIA called off the hit. There's an abort team. They called off the hit. He's not going to be shooting. He said, well, why are you here? He said, because screw it. I came here to do a job. I'm going to do the job. Do you want to be my backup? I'm going to be in the Dow Tech building, not the sixth floor depository, the Dow Tech building. Where would you be to back me up if I don't get the headshot? They walk around. They go behind the fence of the grassy knoll. They say, this is the perfect place. I could pass myself off as a train employee. I could do it easily. And they looked, and they saw the street sign from the famous Zapruder film. That's the obstruction. He said, well, you know, there's an obstruction here. You're only going to get one shot. He said to them, look, Chuck, I, I only need one shot. If you don't hit him in the head, i got the clear route here. It's like 50 yards away, and I'm all set. And that's how it went down. And in talk about Jack Ruby real quickly. Here's another piece of evidence that uh, is, is, is you can find. Jack Ruby used to work for uh, Al Capone when he was a kid. He was tied to the Chicago mob. He goes into the police station. Now, let me, ex- let me ask you guys something in your audience. All right. This guy worked at the local strip club. This guy, okay, his whole day consisted of nude women, cash. Nude women, cash. Rinse, lather, repeat. Now, if you have that lifestyle, are you going to walk into a police station and kill somebody knowing that you're going to go to jail for the rest of your life and leave that life? Unless somebody told you, hey, listen, um, if you do this, we'll take care of you. Don't worry. You'll be a hero. You'll tie it all together. Oswald was the guy. And I know I'm talking a lot, but I think this is important. I want to well, share one more thing with your audience, if you're, you don't you're,
3: mind. You're telling a great story, Barry Katz. Uh, you are well, telling the story that we're going to see in this movie tonight, this documentary, which has historical footage that that you're you're showing us proves that what we've heard and what we've read about the JFK assassination may be completely different from what's presented here tonight in a one night event called I Killed JFK what's the last thing you want to share
2: I want to share this for your audience okay it's a different time Back then there was no YouTube. President Trump, you see all the troubles he's having. He's having the troubles because what got him into office is taking him down. Cameras everywhere, showing him left and right, people replaying them. You can't cover stuff up. When he fired the CIA guy, he says one thing, then another day another. You can't you can't cover things up. But back in sixty three there was no YouTube. The Supruder video wasn't available. It clearly shows he was shot from the back and the front. Slow it down. Listen. Right. Look at it right now while we're talking. And two last things, and then I'll let you go. Okay. Jim Mars, who I interviewed... He said this to me, the documentary, it's great. It shows that this guy did it. I believe it. But what's more important is who had the power to cover it up for 54 years. And you address this in the documentary. And lastly, Gordon Ferry, who's the national security advisor to five presidents, including Eisenhower on down. He said, Barry, I was there. I know what went down. When Trump says he's going to drain the swamp, What do you think's at the bottom of the swamp? November 22nd, 1963 was like a party, a social event in Dallas. People flew in from all over the world to see Kennedy get assassinated. He just was one of the few people who didn't know it was going to happen.
3: Wow. I I got a little bit of a chill, Barry, I have to tell you. And I am flying to Dallas next week to host this show from the headquarters of the Blaze Radio Network. And you can bet that after I see the movie tonight, I will be spending some time wandering around Dealey Plaza because I want to see what what you're putting down. I want to pick up exactly what you're putting down in this film. Uh, I can't wait to see it. I'm very intrigued. Uh, You know, historical documentaries using historical footage certainly speak very loudly when we don't have those folks around. So uh, I can't wait to see it. I, I hope some of our audience goes to see it and we have a discussion tomorrow. Uh, I'm certainly going to stick around for the, the discussion you filmed for afterwards. But I, I really appreciate you jumping uh, with less than a day's notice to come in and talk about this. I'm I'm very intrigued and, and I hope one day you'll come back and we'll talk about it again.
2: I would love that. I appreciate everything you do. I really do. And uh, enjoy the film tonight. And uh, look forward to hearing what you have to say.
3: Thank you. Barry Katz, the movie is called I Killed JFK. If you want to know more, go to ikilledjfk.com. We will be right back.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: I seriously am attending the movie tonight. Uh, I killed JFK. I'm curious. I have to see this. I'm a big fan of documentaries as well. These are these are things that that uh, speak to me lately. It seems more than than the stuff we're seeing everywhere else. You know the. I'm not going to see the next Harry Potter movie or whatever. It's just not going to happen. So uh, I'm sorry, people. I, I happen to dig the documentaries, and that this one has my attention. Now, some of this footage has been around for a while. Some of this is footage we've seen before, and I I wonder, I wonder if there's anything new in there because some of it's been debunked. On to a different topic. While we were talking to Barry Katz about his movie uh, flashing across my screen was some breaking news and oddly enough there's one network that's not reporting this breaking news there's one network that seems to have neglected to to hear this story it's the story of this young lady who now finds herself in need of a date or a job on new year's eve hey everybody it's
4: me kathy griffin I sincerely apologize. I am just now seeing the reaction of these images. I'm a comic, I crossed the line, I moved the line, then I cross it, I went way too far. The image is too disturbing, I understand how it offends people, it wasn't funny, I get it. I've made a lot of mistakes in my career, I will continue. I asked your forgiveness, taking down the image, gonna ask the photographer to take down the image, and I beg for your forgiveness. I went too far, I made a mistake, and I was wrong.
3: I made a mistake and I was wrong. Well, that doesn't always butter the biscuit, if you know what I'm saying. CNN Communications posted at uh, 16 minutes after the hour, CNN has terminated our agreement with Kathy Griffin to appear on our New Year's Eve program. She will not be joining Anderson Cooper on New Year's Eve. I wonder if Anderson Cooper will be there. I wonder if he's going to uh, stick with it. Just very interesting. This shows that actions have consequences. Uh, Also, if you watch the the Blaze.com's coverage on this, uh, Kathy Griffin also lost another source of revenue as uh, Squatty Potty has decided to pull the campaign that they were getting ready to launch Squatty Potty, known as a toilet stool manufacturer. Interesting use, the word stool. I see what you did there, Blaze Writers. But um, despite her sincere apology, the Utah-based company that makes the Squatty Potty uh, said uh, they're not going to be running this campaign. The CEO of the company issued a statement Tuesday in which he announced... Quote, we were shocked and disappointed to learn about the image Ms. Griffin shared today. Deeply inappropriate and runs contrary to the core values our company stands for. In response, Squatty Potty has suspended its ad campaign featuring Ms. Griffin. We have acted swiftly and decisively to demonstrate our commitment to a culture of decency, civility and tolerance i think this is a big deal i think this is a very big deal uh and i'm betting that the the cnn gig was a very very big check i don't know about the squatty potty deal and if there's any other fallout we'll share it with you come on back after the break
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network.
1: This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka.
0: On the Blades Radio Network.
3: Just before the break, we uh, gave you the news that CNN had, in fact, terminated Kathy Griffin from her New Year's Eve contract. Uh, so we, we don't expect to see Kathy Griffin with Anderson Cooper on CNN. There may be another network that'll pick her up. Uh, But some of you have already reacted to the note uh, that I posted on the Twitter about it. Um, Eddie G. saying, Kathy is cutting edge and decaptivating as well. I see what you did there, Eddie G. Uh, You know, I don't want anyone to lose their job. Uh, I, I was upset when the rodeo cowboy who rode in one of the clowns who saves the riders when they're in trouble when that guy got fired from his job for wearing an, a Barack Obama mask I was furious about that as well and Kathy Griffin's job is to offend cnn is allowed to do what they want to do that's that's a business decision but I don't think it should have been a a government monitoring decision to have Kathy Griffin lose her job. This was CNN's choice the same way it was Squatty Potty's choice. Although I, I could see Squatty Potty being a much more forgiving endorsement deal than I could see CNN. CNN is trying to get itself back on track and be considered a, a global news source again. And you don't want to be the one associated with the person holding up a uh, decapitated, bloody head, even in effigy of the of the president. Just not good. Not good at all. So CNN has fired Kathy Griffin. If you have a thought on it, you can you can share it again. Termination, not exactly what I would have done. You know, you can you can walk her past the prison. You don't have to put her on death row. Scare the heck out of her. But the whole world's talking about her. So she got what she wanted. She got all the press she wanted. Kathy Griffin has always said she was a D-list celebrity who wanted to get as high up on the list as she could. She wanted to be an A-lister. Probably a B-lister at this point, a B-minus lister. And I'm going to not lie. We watch New Year's Eve with Kathy Griffin and and Anderson Cooper, mostly because you want to see Anderson Cooper get embarrassed and react to that. And we also, in the past, have enjoyed watching Don Lemon make an idiot out of himself. And this year, this year, Don Lemon did not disappoint. But here's the answer. I guess, I guess being offensive in terms of the president is much more tolerable than Getting drunk on air as Don Lemon did. Now we know. Just so we know where the lines are, CNN. Just so we understand. But Kathy Griffin is a free agent for New Year's Eve. Anyone uh, who might be interested. Kathy Griffin fired from her very lucrative job. I wonder how much that paid. She'd been doing, doing it since 2007. So you got a decade of doing that job. And it has been a hit pretty much since the first time they did it. You know, how, how th- that must take like a month to do. A month out of your year and you probably made enough money or actually got enough, enough publicity to book other gigs for the whole year. So sorry for you, Kathy Griffin, but I hope you learned your lesson. Uh, companies have the right to fire people. I don't think anyone's going to get mad at CNN for this. Uh, it's their their network, their job, their business. So uh, fascinating stuff. Doc Thompson just tweeted that too. He's he's note now. Anderson Cooper did come out and say this was uh, absolutely unacceptable. Anderson Cooper last night in the middle of his show. For the record, I am appalled by the photo shoot Kathy Griffin took part in. It is clearly disgusting and completely inappropriate let me read that to you again in light of anderson cooper and something he said uh last week do you re- do you remember anderson cooper talking about um what was he talking about i think he was talking with uh, jeffrey lord at one point last week but yeah anderson cooper's statement is for the record i am appalled By the photo shoot Kathy Griffin took part in, it's clearly disgusting and completely inappropriate. That's from the same guy who was live on CNN and said to Jeffrey Lord that um, if Donald Trump took a dump on your desk, you'd defend him. Hmm. Interesting, right? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, that that actually happened. That happened last week so this week the decapitated head not appropriate last week even though he did apologize anderson cooper did he even get a timeout for that did he get did he get anything i don't think so i don't think so the the exact statement just so you don't think i'm i'm misquoting anderson cooper this was from uh like may 19th
0: and so I know I mean I know you
2: got to bring up Obama every time or you you know got to bring up somebody else I, I got because bring you can't up fairness, really defend it in fairness. all fairness you can't defend what the president of the United States just
3: said I don't care I mean I don't I don't care what he says to the Russian prime to the, the Russians I, I mean okay. he's the president of the United States if right. he wants to say that Barack Obama wants to say whatever right. if George Bush says I looked in his if, eyes and if I he took a dump on a break, his desk I you slope, would defend it, it. <laughs> Say it what Jeffrey Lord didn't hear it. You heard him say, what? Because he was being talked over. But Anderson Cooper got a pass, didn't even get a timeout. He did come out with an apology. But Kathy Griffin, I guess the point is, Anderson Cooper's was probably an off-the-cuff fleeting reaction, whereas Kathy Griffin actually had to get asked about the photo shoot, sit down, plan it, execute it, and then support it before she realized the outrage would be this large. So I guess that's the difference. But just so you know, CNN has a very different spectrum, a very different tolerance level for different employees. Both, both things equally disgusting. Talking about the president relieving himself on his desk and uh, this one decapitating the president. Hmm. Fascinating, right? Yeah, I guess I guess there are very different standards. In other words, someone's making you money. You're not going to tear them apart. Hmm. Okay, I get it. I get it. Uh, Before we about an hour ago, we were talking about something that that I thought uh, I needed you to be aware of. And I want you to pay attention to it. I want to come back and address the situation With the Democratic talking points that are being foisted upon not only the left-leaning media, but also upon some of the uh, left-leaning pundits who are out there. I want to play for you the chess versus checkers series of statements that are popping up everywhere. Trust me, this is on the chart of talking points being handed to the media and to the pundits on, uh, on the left, the people that want to diminish Donald Trump and do everything they can to make him uh, sound foolish, stupid, whatever they will. Uh, we'll, we'll put all the clips together after the break next on Pure Opelka.
0: Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with
3: Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Ah, boy, what a crazy day. We were We're trying to keep up on all of the uh, breaking news out of, out of the Middle East, out of Kabul, where the suicide bomber has killed at least 80 people and wounded hundreds. And now we're hearing a dozen Americans are in that. Uh, we're also monitoring everything that's going on in D.C., trying to see if there's any real, real change happening in terms of getting a new FBI director or anything else going on in the investigation into the suspected collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russians. But, you know, everything seems to be kind of calm. Uh, I was talking about the... The talking points that I believe are being foisted upon us by the, by the left with the collusion of the left-leaning media. And it, it all goes down to trying to diminish the president. As I monitor everything, CNN, MSNBC, I don't have to monitor Fox as much, but I can tell you a search of Fox over the past 24 hours, 48 hours, I can actually search the Fox News transcripts and see if they use the term checkers or chess, and it didn't show up. Chess came up in one reference, but it had nothing to do with this. It was something completely different. But if I go to CNN and MSNBC, it pops up that they're pushing this narrative that the Trump White House and the president himself are not deep thinkers. And in the case of uh, one guy speaking last night on, uh, on MSNBC, a guy named Walter Shapiro, a guy who worked in uh, Democratic White Houses and who has been around writing opinions in newspapers for a while, he actually called the president a slob or made a reference to the president that he was a slob and, and this administration is slovenly. You don't believe me, do you? No, this actually happened on MSNBC last night. There are no way to possibly compare this to anything. Uh, I keep coming back to Dorothy Parker's description of Warren Harding, another scandal-prone president, who said, ultimately, he's just a slob. Ultimately, he's just a slob. In that one sentence, in those 18 or 15 seconds, Walter Shapiro has smeared Trump and his administration saying that the president is scandal ridden. Is he scandal ridden? Are we at the point of a scandal? I don't think so. There are eyebrows raised and questions being asked. And is he a slob? I you know I I I don't seem to remember the president being seen in anything other than uh his his dark suits business suits with his signature red tie and the occasional round of golf where he's actually wearing like dockers and a golf shirt. I I don't see anything where you could call this president a slob. It it's kind of an insult and what what I want you to listen to is Listen to Brian Williams' reaction. Brian Williams basically endorses this guy and the statements he's making. There are no way to possibly compare this to anything. Uh, I keep coming back to Dorothy Parker's description of Warren Harding, another scandal-prone president, who said, ultimately, he's just a slob. Yeah. And there. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Williams gives it a yeah, not hang on a second, that's a little harsh. You're calling the president of the United States a slob? Really kind of rude, sir, Mr. Shapiro. And Shapiro continues, laying it on a little thicker. The quality of just slovenliness to this entire administration from Donald Trump on down. The quality of slovenliness... In this entire administration, from Donald Trump on down, I guess you would look at Jared Kushner and say he's a slob. You'd look at, at uh, General Mattis and say he's a slob. You'd look at Ivanka Trump and say she's a slob. It's really kind of offensive. And Williams continued. He picked up Gloria Borger's statement about chess and checkers. Remember when Borger said this?
4: His outside Friends are more and more critical, I think, of the staff inside the White House, as could be expected. And one of them said to me, you know, these guys don't play chess, they play checkers.
3: That was yesterday morning before noon. Borger stuck around and made sure she shoved that theory out again later.
4: I had one friend of his say to me in, in complaining about the people at the White House and to a certain degree about Trump himself, he said, look, these people don't play chess, they play checkers which means that they're unable to see around corners and what he needs to surround himself with are people who are not political neophytes don't forget Donald Trump has never been in political office before mm-hmm. lots of the people who work for him have never been in the White House Donald Trump wants to be his own chief of staff
3: and then there's a, and former ambassador Wendy Sherman a woman who has worked for the left who worked a long time with Emily's List
4: Yes, I think, Lawrence, many people have said, and I think it's a great line, that President Trump plays checkers while all of these other leaders are playing chess.
3: And it continues with Brian Williams. As I mentioned, Williams picked up the statement of Shapiro, Walter Shapiro, and piled on as well, reminding people of that that statement made by Wendy Sherman a few hours earlier.
2: Well, that was the point a senior State Department official uh, made on, uh, on this network tonight, that coming off the European trip, it is clear to her that um,
3: everyone else is playing chess. The American president is playing checkers. This is not just talking points being foisted. This is a witch hunt by the left-leaning media, an attack on the president of the United States. It is ultimately... Offensive to people who know the truth and people who appreciate honest reporting. There's more. We'll be right back.